Hello, Hello and, and welcome, welcome back to, to Tells. Why? Why? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Tells. Hi, Andrew. You don't think synchronized opening is good? No. Okay. All right. I'll leave it to you, the expert. Do you feel like you're getting better at podcasting? Not really. A little bit, but... Why not really? Maybe you're just naturally good and there's nowhere to improve? Well, that's impossible. Could be. No, even if you're Michael Phelps, there's room to improve, hmm. baby. Always room to improve. Isn't it. Michael Phelps like uh, about as perfect of a human specimen as you can get? Right, and he still has room to do you, improve. Do you have a crush on Michael Phelps? No, no, not at all. It was just the first example of a lot of a lot of women have a crush on Michael Phelps. They do. Mm-hmm. He's married. I don't see the point of having crushes on married people. <laughs> well, I mean, is a crush like something that you hope? like is going to actually happen and come true. Otherwise, what's the point? I mean, you never know. He could become unhappy with his wife and then find you and be like, this is what I was looking for. After all. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's why I just like, I think I could see a handsome man and be like, oh, he's handsome. Moving on. But I wouldn't like obsess about him no, for years. Like, and I don't follow them on Instagram. You and like, like create a story in your mind about the two of you uh, going out for lunch. Hell nah. Why? Which leads to something. No. Just me, I guess. <laughs> do you do that about Natalie Portman or Kira Knightley? Dream about what could be if you somehow met in an English tea house or something. Maybe she's. Maybe one of them will be here working on a movie in Las Vegas, and they'll be looking for suggestions of a place to go get a drink after. After poker. And they'll tweet it out, <laughs> and I'll reply. And try, then try the Atomic Liquors downtown. And then they'll be, why don't you, like, why don't you join me, Andrew? Yeah. Like, maybe you can select a, a drink for me as well. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, maybe I could. Why don't I meet you there at, like, 8.30? <laughs> and then what's going to happen? Or maybe, like, 1 a.m. Because <laughs> we both work very hard. Mm. And then what happens from there? <laughs> you don't need to know everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> so one step at a time, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we'll just kind of hit it off, right? Right. And the rest in, will be history. In your dreams. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having us on your podcast. Um, I played poker with Michael Phelps once. Yeah. Is he a good poker player? He was pretty good, yeah. I mean, especially for not being a professional and probably not having a ton, a ton of time for poker. Yeah. He played pretty solid, I think. I think he uh, got my buddy James for a bunch of money, a bunch of his money. Sorry, shout out to James. Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, he's a nice guy. Fellow... Um, Michigan, not from Michigan, but I think he went to U of M. Isn't that the ri- your rival school? Or? Yes, I went to Michigan State, so rival is University of Michigan. Okay, which one is better? Honestly, not by your biased opinion. Like for a better education? What are your rival- rivalries in? I thought it was just football, no? Well, they're both pretty big sports athletics schools, so... I don't know if anyone's going to care about the rivalry between Michigan State and University of Michigan. It just exists. Spartans and Wolverines. It's just one of many rivalries across the country. Um, But, yeah, Michael Phelps, pretty nice guy, even though we went to rival schools. So somebody who goes to an opposite school would not be a nice guy? Well, I did tell him that I went to Michigan State, and uh, he he was like, oh, okay. And, you know, didn't have anything bad to say about Michigan State, like some people might who went to U of M dwell on these quote rivalries 
like we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, exciting week for you, huh, Mr. Nimi? Is it? Kind of. This week? Yeah. What did you get up to this week? Emails and taxes. Yeah, tell us about, do you want to share anything about that? You're not very happy about doing your taxes? No. Nobody likes taxes. Well, it's like du- double stress because A, it takes up time that you could be doing from, you could be doing so many other more productive things and B, you owe money. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we've spoken about this. It doesn't really have to be so painful. Oh yeah, I'm terrible at it. Right? I mean, it's just a matter of so doing st- it constantly. And then if you put aside the money that you have to pay anyway, then it's not your money. Mm-hmm. Because you That's want true. nice roads, you want all the tax benefits that you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I pay, I pay them all. You know, you take your your standard deductions wherever you can, but uh, yeah, all that money, it's going, it's going to the government. <laughs> it's going to the country for hopefully some good use. Yeah, it's um, really annoying though that you get so little information, right? So I always feel like you have to almost be an expert to do your taxes. Even when you have somebody who helps you do it. So complicated. There's so many pages in a tax return. The tax return is like 50 pages. A lot of people ask in the comments like how paying taxes works. It's pretty similar to like anyone that's in the service industry or probably like a business owner or self-employed. But uh, you basically just like keep track of your income. And then there's various deductions that a professional poker player can take, a professional gambler. So like travel to a poker tournament somewhere, you can deduct all the travel and your tournament buy-ins and, you know, your, you just deduct your losses basically and you report your, uh, your profit. That's like the simple explanation of how to pay your taxes. Please consult your local tax expert and right. not Andrew Nimi for no. your tax advice. But this yes, at least he pays taxes at least. The IRS should not be coming after us. <laughs> if you're listening, IRS, way ahead of you, one step ahead of you. So what else have you done besides paying taxes and responding to emails? Nothing. Lies, didn't you teach a class? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So obviously the tax taxes overshadow everything this week. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. Andrew taught a, a poker class? A poker well, life class? I'm not sure it's a class per se. Um, so someone named Sam messaged me and said that he hosts or teaches or leads a uh, sponsored student forum. So I'm not sure if they get like class credit for this or not, maybe. But it's like about how GTO strategy informs No Limit Hold'em, your No Limit Hold'em approach to the game. Did you call Doug Polk before you answered this question? (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) I assume he wants to talk about like, you know, poker strategy and stuff. But so I was a little bit nervous, actually, because like, I'm a live fish. We don't uh, we don't rely heavily on the GTO stuff. But uh, thankfully, um, by the way, this this class is uh, happening at Wesleyan College. Where no Wesleyan University. Sorry, I guess there's a Wesleyan College in Georgia and a Wesleyan U- University in Connecticut. This was the Connecticut version. So yeah, we hopped on a Skype video call and there's maybe like you know ten kids there. And there's a lot more like you know sort of general and open format rather than like how many combinations of bluffs do you need in this on this board versus combinations of value hands according to this pot size or whatever gto whatever happens in gto land (laughs) what was the most fun topic or question that you got asked uh i don't know i don't know if any questions jump out at me but um 
It was cool because they're just like so curious. You know, I don't think they're like none of them are making or trying to make like a ton of money in poker. But uh, I tried to like explain that. You know, the more like the more you dig into this stuff and the harder you work, the better you're going to do at something, which is pretty obvious. But we talked a little bit about how I spend so much time editing these videos, these YouTube videos, and that stuff sort of like comes a little bit more naturally to me, I guess, maybe because especially these days, like just the creation process is more interesting to me. And some, so sometimes I'll be up on the couch until like whatever, 6 a.m. editing a video and just, you know, I'll be doing all the research, you know, like sometimes you have to ask YouTube questions. How do you do this or that in the footage, in the video editor? Mm-hmm. And so I was basically trying to say that, you know, the thing that you really like doing is naturally going to lead you to want to study it more. And then that's just going to lead to better results. So that pretty much applies to anything, not just poker. So the Protestant work ethic is out. Yes. (laughs) I I don't know. I just sort of try to speak to how that's probably like at least part of the reason why the videos kind of like took off because I put like so much effort into making um, the product that I wanted to have at the end of the day so the i don't know i think the work kind of like showed in the end product and then as a result you know how quick the channel grew so andrew the school teacher so kids if you're out there and need some school lessons about gto poker or poker in general if you want me to come talk to your college class whether it's about economics computer science political science political science biology bowling (laughs) <laughs> bowling? That's like bowling in college. That's a random class. That's, That's like, like a, uh, I want to take a break for how long are the classes? 45 minutes or whatever? An hour? Probably an hour, yeah. Something so, like that. I don't remember how long it was. But I took bowling. I took tennis twice. <laughs> I took billiards. That was, that was a really cool one. I did not have any fun classes like that. All my classes were freaking accounting, economics, English, maths. Hmm. Lucky. That's why you're so well. You're more well-rounded than I am. Are am I though? Yeah, you're. I don't know how to bowl well, that well. You're smarter than I am. I don't know. You are. I don't know. You're the brains. I'm the beauty. <laughs> no, wait, you're the brains and the beauty. You're the beauty. I'm know. the brains. I don't know what I am. Okay, so uh, more classes in your future. You think? Uh, who knows? Public speaking is probably my number one biggest fear. So, it's nice to. Uh, dip my toes into it via a Skype call rather than just throw me up there in front of a bunch of people. So good warm up. Public speaking. Your thoughts? Just don't even want to think about it. <laughs> so you're just putting words in my mouth now? <laughs> Sorry. I think that's I I think it is quite nerve wracking, but yeah, you'd probably... it's like very exciting too. It's like this adrenaline rush. Yeah, you'd probably be great at it. I had this Afrikaans teacher and she used to make us do a speech once a week at least mm-hmm. and that was the worst it was always the worst day of the week for me like I could do English speeches and Zulu speeches but Afrikaans is now a third language and she was really strict I have to stand there and do like a five to seven minute speech in Afrikaans oh nightmares for you tonight <laughs> Uh, so that, I think, was the worst part of public speaking. So I think once you you should try and public speak in a foreign language and then <laughs> public speaking in English will be a breeze. Sure. Seems so, reasonable. Hmm. Solved all your problems. That and tornadoes, man. 
two two very <laughs> terrifying things: public speaking and tornadoes. So imagine a public speech and then a tornado hits. Yeah, like dead in instantly. The of your, in the middle of your speech, there's a tornado warning. That siren going off. It's the last thing you want to hear in the middle of a speech. Well, I wanted to talk to you about something. There was uh, I was on Poker News, and there was a a story about Randy Liu and Selena Lin getting engaged. Do you know who that is? I do. Two poker stars pros. Sounds right. And so I was like, oh, that's really cute. And I was reading the article. There wasn't really much of an article. Um, but then I was in the comment section. Mm-hmm. And the comments were not what I would expect. All right. I'm interested to hear <laughs> this because, I don't know, maybe two years ago or something, I was watching, I don't know, it's probably like closer to the start of Somerville doing his run it up thing. and Or maybe he was already big, but then like... Nanonoko was getting into it. That's who Randy Liu is. And I think this girl, Selena, Selena Lin, mm-hmm. she was also like just starting to stream. And they were like buddies or whatever. And I think she like had a boyfriend or something at the time. And, you know, they were like really like sort of giggly and flirtatious and stuff. Nanonoko and Selena. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people were saying like, hey, are they like dating or what's going on here? And people, other people in the chat would be like, no, she's got a boyfriend. Etc. I could be completely wrong. This might be somebody completely different. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, so then, like two years later, apparently she doesn't have that boyfriend anymore. And now they're engaged. Yeah, that was so me. So Noko slid in there. Slid into the DMs. Slid into the what? Slid into the stream, Twitch. The Twitch streams. The Twitch streams. Good for him. Good I hope this him. is like the right person. We're going to have to try and verify this <laughs> off the air after we record this. Yeah, whereas my co- my comment reading okay. was not got it had nothing to do with that cool let's let's read the comments the comments were obviously like congratulations but five or so comments read oh my god there goes another poker career so i was like <laughs> huh and then somebody said yeah daniel nogranu had the same experience didn't they learn from him or something like that because daniel got married i don't or? think he i don't know what happened so that's why i was going to ask you um, why you think people would say there goes Another a poker, poker career? I have no idea, to be honest with you. It doesn't make any sense because they're both poker players. They're both doing the same thing. so They, can... they should enhance each other's play, right? Yeah, so well, did Daniel they... Negron get a girlfriend and then start playing poorly and not win any tournaments or something? I don't think so. It was really I weird. I like... person is talking about. But it, the thing is, it's, it was one thing if it was just like a random comment. <laughs> but there were like five or so comments that all said, oh, shit, there goes another poker career. Or, well, Daniel was married for, I don't know, a number of years. Okay. But that was also like during his, his like prime. He was doing fantastic back then. He eventually got divorced, but I think it was like really amicable. So maybe they think that marriages in the poker world don't last or what? No, I don't. I don't know what they're talking about. Like because, yeah, because like I said, they're they're both doing the same thing. They're streaming. They're both with poker stars, and they're probably going to the same tournaments. So having their relationship shouldn't hold them back from doing the things that they do in their career because they're both doing them together. Okay, so you can't shed any light on that worthless piece of gossip. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah. All right. Moving well, on. I don't know. Uh, I guess there's probably the question of. Well, I used to get this this comment too um, under my videos where people would say, 
you know, like once you get married, we actually talked about this before, I think, but they said once you get married, you're not going to be able to, you know, maintain your poker lifestyle. Oh, okay. She's going to want you to have like a normal schedule, um, a normal job, etc. Yeah, but also they didn't specifically say whose poker career was going to go to shit because aren't they both pretty successful? <laughs> so they're both going to want the other person to have a normal life. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was so confused. And so I thought maybe it was some story that I wasn't privy to and you could shed some light on, but clearly not. You need to get better about this gossip in the poker yeah. world. You're I not do. very I need good. To get more tuned in, put my ear to the ground. Yeah, with your two-year-old stories. I was just... Well, this is... It's what? A, a two-year-old story become a recent story now. <laughs> New developments in this two-year-old story. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, Randy Lou and Selena Lynn. Yeah. Sorry, um, sorry, Selena Lynn's old boyfriend who got kicked to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming this is the same person. <laughs> also, I saw that. You remember we watched Two Months, Two Million? Yes, I do remember. So there are some European gentlemen who are trying to re create that but not two two months two million they're trying to make a million euro i've seen this by trading crypto and playing poker playing poker yeah i think there's three of them so yeah they're uh, trying to make a bunch of money and put the profits into crypto right i thought they were trying to just make uh, a million euro by playing crypto by playing crypto by trading crypto and playing poker because the comment was that they might stand a better chance than the two months, two millions, because they actually have a different, like a second stream of income. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, the so participants of the two months, two million fell short because they could, they were only playing poker. So they're actively like trading and trying to like right. make profitable trades, short term, short term, medium term trades, I guess. Well, you'd have to ask them what their strategy is. Well, I assume that it was like they're playing a lot of poker and they're sort of like just depositing the poker money into like crypto crypto at, you know and sort of in the manner of like an investment account and then just at the end of the year hopefully the crypto has grown the, to make them the price of cryptocurrencies have generally gone up yeah then, but that's like a boy a pray and hold you know that's not really actively trying to make right. a million euro because if bitcoin goes nowhere yeah then well what do these kids know about trading just Google it. Isn't that what we're all doing? <laughs> it's just that just, easy. I guess. How bad can it be? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I mean, like most people, <laughs> I think, are doing the thing that I said, where they just sort of deposit the money and, and just hold hope, hope that it goes up. Yeah, and hold Yeah. And uh, most people aren't learning technical analysis, are they? Studying charts? We don't know. Hmm. How do we know what people are doing? Um, we don't. You see, so I guess we'll have to ask them. We could write them mm -hmm. and... What are their names? Anyone's? Do you have anyone's names? Espen Jostad. Mm -hmm. Espen. Espen. I met Espen once. Where? At the wind. Uh, well, during the Unibet thing? Or? Yeah. Nice guy. <laughs> okay. I mean, we didn't chat for too long. We just met. Just there. said, sup. So, yeah, uh, Espen and his friends. Um, I think they have a an Instagram account. Espen Jostad. Sponsored by Unibet, idiot from North Europe, Northern Europe, he calls himself. That's a film on his quote. One year, one million. So yeah. at least they're giving themselves time too. All right. So the Instagram account is one year, one mil. 
in my life. Three roomies vlogging their journey towards 1 million euros in profit through playing poker and investing in crypto. All right, good luck, kids. They have, an, they have an Instagram account and a YouTube channel, so they're going to be making some vlogs, it looks like. They're going to be on the vlog grind. We'll check in a year from now and see if they're rich. So or follow along along the way. Are you going to try and do something like that? One. Mm, one year, one. Like a challenge? Weren't you supposed to have an eye challenge? Yeah. Okay. I need to start that. Maybe today I'm going to start that. I might get out there and start the uh, one man, one LASIK surgery challenge. Um, one man, one LASIK surgery. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's probably, I think it's like $4,000 or so, somewhere around there, the cost of LASIK surgery. But man, to be able to wake up and just be able to see. Okay, you better do your research first. Yeah, we need to figure out where we're going to get this done. Um, but pretty sure that's like the approximate amount. Jamin, fellow vlogger, uh, I think that's what he paid. And one more thing before we go. Mm-hmm. Do we have any listener feedback this week? Sure do. Yes. Got a message from Alex. What's up, Alex? Alex says, hi, Boosie. Love the podcast. I have a question for Andrew. Andrew, are you ready for your question? <laughs> yes, I'm ready, <laughs> I think. Would you play a high stakes cash game on, say, Poker After Dark, 200K buy-in if you were staked? And how confident would you be in your game playing with these high stakes? Thanks, Alex. Um, well, I'm not sure if he's asking if, if the money would scare me. And if that's what he's asking, then uh, no, because I'd be staked. There'd be other people's money. And I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. No, I mean, I would obviously hope to win and try to win and uh, do my best because it'd probably be a pretty good opportunity. Anybody thinking of staking Andrew, you now know your answer. Do not stake <laughs> Andrew. Okay. Well... Um, I mean, I guess that comes back to like the staking discussion, the entire staking discussion, which it's one of the benefits of being staked when you're trying to move up in stakes is that it takes some of the pressure off of you um, from having a massive loss and like damaging your bankroll. But don't you have back. to you have to pay the stake yeah. money back, yeah, right? You're going to make up. So it's just really buying you time. Sort so of. what type of mentality do you because your current mentality of uh i don't care it's not my money <laughs> it's not going to get you very far in a staking agreement no but in seriously speaking about it what uh -huh. sort of mindset because when do you go and ask for staking are you profitable right okay. and so you're you're profitable and you're going i need a little bit more money to move up versus i am I was profitable, went through a downswing, and now I need money. Do right. you think it could work in both scenarios? Yeah, I think it does happen in both in both scenarios. I think, obviously, the more ideal one is when you're profitable, and it seems like someone's being like really level-headed about it when they are moving up, and they just want to sort of uh, limit their risk a little bit. They might not be in as good of a mindset if they had just gone through a major downswing, and they asking for a loan in that regard right um so yeah the first sort of situation is ideal right ideal for everybody's sake do you think uh, if say you were staking somebody would you stake both or would you obviously you would prefer to stake a uh it sort of depends on like what the circumstances were for the person who took a big loss 
and like how that happened because sometimes like life happens and uh, there's unexpected expenses like medical bills or something like that um so maybe it's like not poker related i don't know if it's like some if it's some crazy gambler dude who took a shot and it went bad it's sort of tough to sort of discern if they're just like a gambler or someone who's just really driven and you know something went bad took on more risk than they should have but they're a really good poker player so each case is needs to be looked at on an individual basis but i think the other part of his question is probably like you're playing with these high stakes pros right i was just going to ask you that um wouldn't you be nervous playing with daniel negranu I don't think so. I mean, Daniel lately has been working on his game a lot, so... Um, Be afraid. He's probably... Like, he was generally considered not that tough of a cash game player for a while, um, but now he's stepping it up, so he's probably a little bit tougher these days, at least. Who would make you most anxious? Um, probably, like, Patrick Antonius or... Why? Because he's so good-looking? Well, yeah. <laughs> his shirt's, like, so perfectly pressed. <laughs> It's point. called starch, first of all. Okay. I've got some. You can use it on your shirt and then you can look like him. Okay, like next. Bring a whole can of it to that game. <laughs> next. But is he is he considered a really good cash game player? Sure. Okay. I mean, Better yeah, than like Thomas Dwan? Tom Dwan's probably We don't we haven't seen him in a while, so we been, don't know. There's been so many developments where these guys haven't been on television for a long time. They're doing different things, right. playing different games now. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are playing, like, high-stakes games on Poker Stars that I don't even know who they are. Right. And if any of those guys were in the game, it would be crappy. For each 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 one of those guys that you add, it gets worse and worse and less fun. Well, I don't know if it's less fun because I don't know who they are, but just less profitable for sure. Okay. So, not even Texas Dolly. You wouldn't be I mean, afraid be to like, play. Really cool. That'd be a dream, I think. Yeah? So, if, if I could get in the game with him, that'd be pretty dope the godfather of poker all right bring it on He's everybody funny, just donate twenty dollars let's raise andrew two hundred thousand dollars and see if we can get him to play with doyle brunson it's pretty funny because doyle like is on Twitter pretty regularly and he's like tweeting his opinions about stuff and <laughs> you know he's obviously got an old school mindset about some things and he riles people up with his commentary on social issues of the day so that's pretty funny but it'd be fun to like yeah, play poker and also like get his opinion on things and get him to troll some other people at the table, <laughs> hopefully. All right, Alex, there you have it. So if you can raise $200,000, uh, get Patrick Antonius, Doyle Brunson, and some new people on Poker After Dark, Andrew's in. Okay, let's do it. I don't think I would be super... I, mean, I would probably be a little bit nervous, but I think I'd be able to do okay. And there you have it. <laughs> quite confident i like it the cool thing about those lineups is that they don't uh they sort of try and put in they've been putting a good balance of people together for those lineups so like when it's those super gto guys those high stakes regs it's like all those guys so they're all like battling each other rather than putting kevin hart with patrick yeah, antonius yeah, <laughs> you know, like a recreational player in there with these super geniuses and they're just going to get mauled you know very cool so hopefully they'll do well with my lineup and <laughs> match me with people of similar skill set all right well i think that is all we have time for today any last words and if you have any kids who are taking 
media classes or poker classes. Andrew's been getting some emails from some kids <laughs> asking him some interview questions. That was the really sweet Oh yeah, there's email. another kid who's in seventh grade uh, and taking a class called YCOR. I don't know what that is, but doing a project on poker. It's a poker, it's a research project that they were assigned. So he chose his hobby of poker to do a research project on and reached out to me to answer some questions about like being a professional poker player. Do you think he's going to get the girl when he shows her his research project <laughs> with a YouTuber? Uh, there's not that many chicks that seem to be into poker. But you're a YouTuber. That's cool. That's true. <laughs> I mean, one of my girlfriends, we went to see her and her son wants to be a YouTuber, which is so bizarre because growing up, there was no such thing, right? Yeah. It wasn't, I want to be right. a self-directed content creator. I saw this article recently that said, I think it was a study in the UK, something about like, one out of three kids aged like seven to 15 said that they want to be a professional YouTuber when they grow up. Wow. One in three. That's crazy. Yeah. So I wonder, I mean, obviously it looks cool because YouTubers get to do so many cool things, but do you think it's just more self-expression that the kids are yearning for, or is it just because it looks cool to be a YouTuber? Probably more that it looks cool, um, but there's probably some element to that. Probably depends on the kid because some kids are probably better at expressing themselves in some ways than others. It's really interesting though because so many, everybody can have an opinion now. And I think when we were growing up, you didn't really, as especially as a kid, you didn't really have an opinion. It was more, you know, don't speak unless you're spoken to. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much how I grew up. But yeah. With the kids now, they can, you know, they have opinions on Twitter and Facebook and yep. YouTube, and it, there's no restriction. Mm -hmm. You just go into your broom and put your iPhone to your face and yeah. click upload. Have an opinion. Where did this uh, don't speak unless spoken to thing come from? Who knows? Crazy. <laughs> Can't imagine. Yeah. That was probably your household. For sure it was. Yeah, that's intense. <laughs> Anyway, off but, on a tangent. But look yep. what happens. Like, you're way more talkative than I am. How did that happen? Yeah. I'm just making up for all those years that I was not, I was only supposed to be, spoken to. I was only supposed to be seen and not heard. And now I demand to be seen and heard. No, your voice <laughs> is being broadcast. Take that, mom and dad. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. That's it. Thanks for having us on your podcast, listeners. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment on iTunes, Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on tellspodcast.com. Beautiful. Well Thanks. said. Thanks for listening. Cheers. And remember to send us all your listener questions. I really love to receive the emails and read every single one of them. Yeah. Someone did ask whether it was better to listen to the podcast on iTunes versus the website. Obviously iTunes, if you listen and rate it and subscribe, then you know other people can find it. The same as all the other players like Google Play or Stitcher. Mm -hmm. um, the website is great, but there's no sort of 
you know there's it's not like youtube where you earn money for listening or for how many number of episodes you've listened to yes uh, so there's no real incentive one yes. way or the other but you know the more people listen to it the more fun everyone's gonna have no <laughs> yes so if you want to send us a message feel free send us an email uh leave a comment or whatever no you can't leave a comment I know I can't wait until those two come together YouTube because comments. there's no, not YouTube comments, but a way to comment on the episode. Because if you leave us well, a, a review now, it's evergreen. So it's not really related to this particular episode that you've listened to. Okay. And so, yeah, one day, one okay. day iTunes will have comments. All right. Well, we'll get back to you when that happens. But we do have comments meantime, on the website. In the meantime, send us an email. Tells at andrewneemi.com. We still need to change that. But for now, tells at andrewneemi.com. If you want to send us a bottle of wine, you can send that to my P.O. box and we'll get that. <laughs> Ignore that last one. Nope. Thanks for having us on your podcast, <laughs> listeners. Bye. Bye.